have to eat the dream. You have to sleep the dream. You have to dream the dream. You got to touch. You have to see it when nobody else sees it. You have to feel it when it's not tangible. You have to believe it when you cannot see it. You got to be possessed with the dream. The dream. What's up, guys? Welcome to Straight From The Chess. My name is Justin Groth, and I want to welcome you to another, another podcast, another one, like DJ Khaled, right? I can't stand that guy. Okay, anyways, <laughs> guys, hey, truthfully, you know I'm thankful for you. You know I'm thankful for your listening ear. You know I'm thankful that you're giving me your time. I just want to I just want to pretense that as well because it does mean a lot to me and I'm very grateful for you guys. You know, any minute you spend with me is a minute you cannot get back. So hopefully what I do say is is applicable to your life and you can resonate with and you can it can actually bring you value and that's the whole obviously uh uh predication behind this podcast. So I appreciate you, man. And, um, but on a more serious note, well, not too serious, but, um, for those of you who don't know, I have a dog and it is a boxer dog and I love boxers. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely prejudiced to any other dog other than a, well, not really, but you know, most dogs, I don't really care for most dogs. I love boxers. I love terriers in general, but I'm very, very partial to boxers and, um, my boxer got her about f- four years ago, little, well, yeah, about four years, a little over four years ago. And, um, so as the story goes, I want to tell you this real quick. As the story goes, um, we were in search for a dog and, um, we had, we had looked for a dog at a, this place in Paso, it was American. We were, it was like, we we're looking American Bulldogs. There was like 15 in this litter at a, not a really great environment. And, um, you know, I was telling the person I was with, I was like, you know what? It's not, it's not, not a good look, man. It's not good energy. Like I just, I don't think we should, we should go for this, this group of dogs. I don't think we should, we should entertain it. And, uh, we left and the person I was with, man, she was real upset. And, um, but, she ended up finding another, another litter. I think it was a litter um, of boxers and Salinas. And we get to this house, and this house was um, real nice house. I mean, it was a track home house, but it was a nice house. It was real kept, kept real well. Nice Hispanic family, and they had one dog left. There wasn't even any to choose from. It's one dog. And we travel, I think it was like two hours or something and we get there and there's one dog. And so it's like, we have this one dog, we're going to hopes up on this one dog and we get there and we get inside the living room and it's like, and this one dog, which is my dog now runs through the sliding glass door, not through the door. Clearly the door was open, didn't hit his head or anything, hit her head or anything, <laughs> goes through the, goes through the, the, the threshold and goes right in my arms, man. It's like the, the total, you know, uh, picture perfect moment, like you see in the movies. A dog comes to you, and it's all happy, and it's okay. Yeah, that happened. Okay, I know it's cheesy, but that happened. And I just knew in that moment, this is the dog. 
This is it. And we didn't have any options to choose from. It was her or nothing or, you know, go back to the drawing board. And I remember thinking, oh, she's perfect. Like she's perfect. We end up taking her home. Okay. The rest is history. Now, the reason why I tell you that story is because what predates that story is this story. I remember having boxers. My parents always had boxers. We had a, we had quite quite a couple. Well, we had two boxers. Sorry, it's not a lie here. <laughs> we had two boxers for that. And um, I love box. I just fell in love. We had other dogs too, but I just fell in love with the boxer breed. <clears throat> so I always knew I wanted a boxer for myself when I got old enough to take care of one, responsible. Yada yada. Okay, so we end up. I end up thinking to myself, I want a boxer, but. I don't want a boxer with the rambunctious personality that comes along with them. Because if you've ever owned a boxer, you know they're very rambunctious. They like to they like to jump up on you and, and sometimes they pee when they get excited. And, and maybe other dogs do that too, I'm sure. But like that's what I experienced with my parents' boxers and I didn't want that. I wanted the kind of personality like a lab. So I wanted a boxer look, but I wanted a lab personality. I wanted the bo- the lap. I wanted the dog to you know get up on my lap and put its head between my, um, uh, like on my sh- on my on my leg or whatever. Just like demonstrate love for me all the time. That's what I wanted, but I didn't want the rambunctiousness of the boxer. I just wanted the look of the box. Okay, I never vocalized that. This is something that is very important to understand here. I never vocalized out loud. That this is the kind of boxer that I want. This is the kind of dog that I want. I remember always thinking that. Always. I remember thinking if I ever have a dog, I'd want this type of dog. I want these elements in this dog. And I honestly didn't think it was possible because I don't even know boxers to be crazy, wild. So fast forward, we get into this situation where we're trying to find a dog the only dog that exists at the at the household to choose from is her. We pick her. Okay. Now, going through the years of raising my dog, she has been nothing but everything that I ever envisioned wanting in my dog. And it wasn't because I trained her that way. I think it had something to do with training, but it had everything to do with her already implicit personality. That's biological. You cannot frame that in a way that fits your that fits your your fancy. You have to kind of go with whatever personality you have, right? To some degree, I'm going to assume. I'm not a dog trainer, but I would imagine that dogs aren't just robots you can train in any or which way. You know, they're they've given certain personalities, certain mental constructs and faculties and then you go with that and you make the best out of that. I mean, my parents' dog is a great example. That dog is crazy and they train her well. They try to at least, but she's like crazy anyway. (laughs) So what I'm saying here is this. Big bullet point here. You already know that I'm a religious person. So this is this is going to this is going to trail behind the religious wagon so to speak. 
God knew what I wanted and he didn't just know what I wanted. He knew what would best complement me and serve me and make me a better human being. That's why this dog was brought into my life and I didn't even ask him for it. I didn't even ask him. He knew And it wasn't like I oriented myself around finding this particular dog, doing research and finding out how to do this, that, and the other to make this dog the the exact embodiment of what I know is going to be best for me and what I wanted. God knew. And it was on the stint of a dog, wanting a dog. How my, my, my... My question for you is, how much more do you think he's going to give to you when you actually ask him? Not only that, this is backed up by scripture. Asking you shall receive, seeking you will find, knocking the door shall be opened to you. If you want to reference this, this Matthew 7, 7. How much more will he give you when you actually ask? And listen, I've been trying to understand what that verse means because I think that most people would see it as like, look, man, that's, um, you know, that means I can ask for a Lamborghini. I'm going to get a Lamborghini. Not necessarily, but I do believe that he's a father to us and he wants to give us what we want provided it's going to complement us and actually bring value and service to our life. So what you ask for provided it's of in or provided it's of selfless service to others and as well as a, a almost like a reciprocation to you with regards to what it provides you because that's not a bad thing by the way. Because it's something that's complimenting you, but it's also bringing value to others. When you're asking him for those things, and I know there are things that you are asking him for, and if you're not, start. Asking him for every single day. How much more is he going to give you those things? Or rather, orient your path in such a way that calls these specific things to opportunity? and or sight that give you the pathway to receiving these things. How much more is he going to do that for you when you actually ask him? I didn't even ask for the perfect dog and I got the perfect dog. That's no understatement. This dog is everything and more that I would have wanted in a dog and not just a dog but a companion she gives me so much more than i even thought and she does everything that i wanted like in a lab <laughs> i almost i almost thought of getting a lab just for the personality this dog is that to me and much more and i didn't even ask for it And there have been other things that I will not bore you with, with regards to story time that have happened in my life that I haven't asked for, but God has given to me. And one common thing that that has, that has been the 
common denominator essentially with all of them is all of them have not been self-serving only. They have been self they have been selfless but also in a reciprocated uh, in some reciprocated manner they've been self-serving but not by not by absolving the fact of them being serving to others or complementative to others as well in the process and those things have came to fruition and I haven't even asked them for those so this is just this is just something to be concerned with on your end and concerned on a, in a good way you may be feeling like look man i don't get anything i ask for i don't have any i don't see anything happening in the in the in the natural realm right here a question what you're asking for maybe you're asking for the wrong thing maybe the thing you're asking for isn't actually serving to you won't be serving to you and isn't serving to others even though you think it's serving to you and you're trying to justify why it would be serving to others. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe it's not coming from a genuine state of mind from you. Maybe it's seasonal. Maybe what you want right now, it's seasonal. It's not something that you can actually, it's not something that can scale or propagate over time. It's something that is just right now, you want it right now. So it's like, yeah, I want this. Give it to me now. But it's not serving to you. It's not serving to others. And it's definitely not complimentative to you. And that's the big thing to consider. Listen. He's your father. Just like you are a father or a mother, you want to give to your daughter or son extravagantly. Well, so does he. But it doesn't mean that when he gives you something, it's not going to come with some type of a course associated with it he's going to give you some course he's going to give you some rocks and boulders thrown your way and you have to give you have to give him the understanding that look i have what it takes to get over these rocks i have what it takes to come through these storms and actually see what you're trying to give me on the other end because i have faith and i have something and i have the faith in knowing what's not seen i can still see it happening in my life even though i can't in my own natural realm identify how it's going to manifest but if you keep keeping the course and you keep believing and you keep asking and this particular thing that you're asking for isn't for just self-seeking gratification but it's actually going to give value to others and it's complimentative to you in the process look he wants to give it to you trust me it says it in the bible that's a promise Ask and you shall find, or sorry, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door is going to be opened for you. That's not gibberish. So stop thinking of it like it is. Apply it to your life. He calls you to do it. He also calls you to write the vision down and make it plain. Sometimes your visions are going to be self-gratifying only. And sometimes they're going to be the byproduct of something that you are going to give others that's going to be of 
inordinate value to them and it's going to help them through the toughest times of their life and it's going to help them become better versions of themselves or it's going to provide something to them that they couldn't understand that they couldn't they didn't have a, a uh, an avenue to get to if it weren't for you you have to know that God wants to provide for you these things he wants to purvey but you have to do your part ask from a pure sense of sense of heart and really take an audit of what you're asking for is it self-serving only or is it something that you can you can actually categorize as being self-serving but in the process you're providing to something to somebody so valuable that that's the main that's the main impetus behind what you're wanting and in the process is going to provide something for you that's self-serving that's not i don't think there's anything wrong with that i don't think there's anything wrong with being very successful and then having things to show for it i don't think that he's going god goes against that if i'm wrong i'm wrong he'll have to tell me but take an inventory of what you're asking make sure that you're asking these things not only daily but you're asking with pure intent the foundation behind everything should be not self-serving but valuing others what they're going to make of it and how it's going to benefit them and as a byproduct you will be complimented done